regulating properly is necessary. Overregulating messes up capitalism just as badly as underregulating. Once more unto the breach, dear friends, else close the wall up with our English dead. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, aspirationally, boys and girls. Uh, welcome to the Personal Wealth Coach. This is Jake McClure. On the line with me, I have... Jeff McClure. Uh, together, we are bald. Oh, together, we are the Personal Wealth Coach and, and bald. I'm glad you got that straight. Yes, we have to establish, this is full disclosure, you guys need to have uh, total knowledge of the fact that there are two bald men with beards talking to you at the moment. This podcast is called The Personal Wealth Coach, and that's also the name of an SEC registered investment advisory firm based in Salado, Texas. Now, the fact that it's registered with the SEC doesn't mean that the SEC approves or disapproves of anything, neither, neither does the secretary, whoever the secretary is, and this tape will destruct after it's listened to the dated yourself this tape will destruct your podcast tape is about to self-destruct that's why you can't find the tape in it anymore (laughs) it already has self-destructed because it's too old and uh, the information that we do present in this podcast we get from sources we think are very reliable but we don't make any guarantees as to the completeness or the accuracy of that reliability or anything else we just do the best we can the information that we're providing during this podcast is not considered investment advice. This information is educational because investment advice means that we know exactly who's listening and we can custom tailor all of our advice to them. So prepare to be educated. Yeah, this is something I haven't seen a lot of headlines about Bitcoin in the last three months or so. Have you? I haven't been reading about it. It's down about 50% from its highs, which is wobbling. Wobbling around $30,000, where it was up around $64,000. This is why we haven't been hearing much about it, is that now it's down. So the same people that were bragging to you, oh, what, two months ago, three months ago, about never needing to work again, and if you feel like you're just lagging behind them, they're probably being pretty quiet right now. There's an interesting point about the bitcoin too that the, there's some more warnings about in the uh wall street journal and other places the irs has got court orders now to go to the bitcoin exchanges and see who's selling bitcoin and what their profits were yeah and they're going to find that out and if you didn't report it on your tax return uh you're going to be in trouble there and there's bit, a bitcoin a, does not is not you don't get long-term capital gains on bitcoin you pay regular income taxes on it this is another piece here. The CEO of Binance.us, it's a big cryptocurrency exchange, who got hired there uh, three months ago. It was a big deal because he's a bank. He's a former banking regulator and former uh, banking executive. So you're bringing old school finance into this cryptocurrency area. The same day that the SEC announced that they were going to be delivering these these uh subpoenas and uh starting to scrutinize the cryptocurrency exchanges and talking about maybe having unregistered security trades in the ownership of the exchanges some of the exchanges are owned by the depositors which means that there's a business being purchased as well as a cryptocurrency 
which falls very neatly into the SEC's purview. Well, the same day that the SEC started delivering these papers uh, across the country to different coin exchanges, the only coin exchange whose CEO is from the banking industry resigned and said, I have a great deal of uh, support and uh, wishes for good things for my colleagues. We disagreed on the long-term direction that we're going. I find it interesting that the timing of that was the same day that the SEC started. So this is just kind of a side note. No large asset grouping stays unregulated. That's just the history of humanity. I, I, I mean, it'd be nice if we could say you can always buy or sell with that thing over there and the governments don't care about it. But governments want to get taxes and they're the ones with the armies. So they do tend to set the rules to say they're going to regulate things that if they feel like they're being cheated on taxes, that's that is common sense. It's not so commonly held. There are a lot of people that looked at crypto cryptocurrency and said, hey, this is outside a government purview forever because it's being set up by people. And I'm like, well, that's everything thing else that we own wasn't made by the government either. So they'll eventually get to regulating it. And that's what we're seeing now. And there's probably going to be court cases and uh, there'll be litigation back and forth. And then Congress will do something or another. And then the SEC will get either more power or less power, but they won't give up. They've been given a purview. This is, this is a long battle. The other thing that's likely to hit the Bitcoin market is since the IRS now has court approval to go in and get the exchange, make the exchanges revealed to them when you sold and what your profits were. And by the way, if they don't have a, a base value for what you don't have a principal value for what you bought, the profit is 100%. Once the IRS starts hitting people up for the taxes to pay on the Bitcoin transactions they've been doing that in many cases they've not been paying taxes on, they're liable to sell Bitcoin to pay the IRS, which Part of, be hard on Bitcoin. Part of the big drop in the price of Bitcoin was the Chinese government essentially doing the same thing three months ago. So when you have a 50% drop in the value of Bitcoin, that was why. I mean, there's rarely in the market can you point at one cause and say that's the reason why the market moved. You can do it with COVID across the entire marketplace. You can also point at Bitcoin and say, oh, that's the Chinese government movement right there. And I wouldn't be at all surprised to see in the coming weeks and months to say, be able to point in another drop and say, oh, that's the U.S. government movement right there. And we got another question out here. We, we do. A, pretty a good, good one. A good one. I haven't read it yet, so go ahead. John said, in 1980, in 1980, the Hunt brothers tried to corner the silver market. What controls are in place now that weren't then to prevent someone to try to corner another commodity? And the answer is nothing. <laughs> nothing except lawsuits. Yeah. The commodities markets are designated by congress as unregulated that's right which it's, is why you you'll see on television if you're tuning to what i mean consider the wrong channels promises about the price of gold rising to however many dollars and you should buy gold right now that's that's a pretty normal advertisement out there you can't make such promises about stocks you can't make such promises about mutual funds or anything else that's regulated securities currency or regulated security because you can't make promises about the future, but you can say anything you want to about a commodity, which is, by the way, people are treating Bitcoin like it's a commodity, but the SEC is working real hard to say, nope, 
it ain't a commodity. Right. And and that's a kind of a interesting area. So so what is a commodity? Let's kind of flatline that. Let's get that back out. What is a commodity? Uh, people talk about uh, commoditization. They talk about having something that's that that is traded out there in the world. What's a commodity? A commodity is basically anything that anybody could make. So dirt is literally a commodity. Silver, gold, anything that you can, you know, lumber, pork bellies. These are commodities. Um, how do you tell somebody they're not allowed to buy more bacon? You can say, um, we're only allowing three packages of bacon being purchased during this thing. Okay, what if you're a big purchaser and you say, I want to buy more bacon for my restaurant? How about if you want to buy more bacon for all your restaurants? Maybe you don't want anybody else to sell bacon. Well, there's no easy law that says you can't buy all the bacon you can find or all the dirt that you can find, or all the real estate, or all the lumber, anything that is out there doesn't, it isn't some kind of a concept made by humans, it's an actual physical object made by humans, falls under different categories. So when I say concept made by humans, what am I talking about? This is kind of comes to the to the the real rub of the um, SEC and whether or not they should regulate cryptocurrencies. Is there a physical asset, something you can hold? That's one of the first kind of concepts around a commodity. If there's a physical asset, then it's a commodity. If it's a, it's a thing that you're just carrying it around, and I don't mean a certificate representing something else. I mean... You're actually holding silver, or you can stick your hand in a barrel of oil and get it all oily, I guess. That is a relatively easy definition. So, so this concept with a cryptocurrency, what is a cryptocurrency? Well, it's kind of an award token given for doing some work. Uh, work that you do may have been completely unnecessary, or it may have been necessary. You can get into the quibbles and such on uh, on what the work is when you're creating a cryptocurrency or, or encrypting it. You're awarded a token. The token has value. It has value and it's usable for doing something maybe. It's maybe usable for encrypting a conversation at some point or some kind of a, a communication of some kind. So it's got some use behind it. But is it a commodity? It's not physical. It's derived completely from um, the human mind. Now we're looking at it more like it's software. Like the Windows operating system or the Mac OS. That has a value to it. And when that value is traded, it's not traded as a commodity. It's traded as a service. That falls under completely different sets of tax codes. Now, whether or not it's reasonable for different things to fall under different parts of the tax code is completely irrelevant. I think it's absolutely absurd that we treat gold differently when you make a profit on it than you treat whether or not you made a profit on your automobile. Uh, or then we're going to treat that differently than your primary residence, which is different than your rental residence, which is totally different from... Uh, the silver that you're owning or the gold, which isn't 
So you, you would say gold is a commodity, but for tax code purposes, you've got all you it's got its own tax brackets. So the reality is that we pretty much call commodities physical items that may or may not have been made through hard work. You may have just found a nugget of gold accidentally, but it's a physical item. It's really hard to put a cryptocurrency in that category, or a dollar for that matter. It's, a, it's something that represents something else, uh, and we call those derivatives. One of the problems with cryptocurrency is they are digital assets, and we really don't have good regulations or laws or rules for trading digital assets. Uh, we don't have any, really. We're trying to shoehorn them into, into something else. Like you said, if, some, if you're buying into, if you're using a crypto exchange, and in some of the crypto exchanges, when you buy cryptocurrencies on the crypto exchange, boy, that's a mouthful. You're actually buying inter- an interest in the exchange itself, in which case the SEC said, whoa, that's a security transaction. They're trying to squeeze it in there, and they're going to continue to try to squeeze it in there at some point, probably after the crash, after cryptocurrencies crash, which again, a 50 more, a 50, a 50% crash isn't enough to cause it. But when enough people get burned and they write their congressperson, then Congress will pass laws saying we need to regulate the cryptocurrency. Here's an example. When there was a lot of volatility in the Bitcoin marketplace, lots of sales or buys being done, it limited who could buy or sell. So if you had Bitcoins in your account and you went to sell them, even though this is supposed to be peer-to-peer and uh, a ledger book that's shared by everybody, you still have exchanges, and these exchanges put priorities on first-come, first-serve, and who's buying and who's selling. But it's an unregulated priority. In the stock market, if you say, I want to sell my stock, and then the best client of that broker comes in and says, I want to sell sell my stock... He's not allowed, or she, the broker, is not allowed to sell the best client stuff first. It's first come, first serve. That's in the law. You can't put one ahead of another. In options, you can sometimes. In commodities, you pretty much can all the time. When it comes to Bitcoin, this is a, a without a regulated exchange, you're going to have people that are treating it. I mean, you're buying and selling it in stock platforms a lot of cases, when you're making a trade in a cryptocurrency, it's treated very differently than when you're making a trade in a stock platform. You've got all these protections in the stock platform. You are still using exactly the same software and you click a buy button that looks identical to the stock buy button, but now you're under a completely different set of rules. And that's not well known. It's really not well known. People assume that if they're buying on a stock platform, the, the rules for cryptocurrency purchases don't allow someone to sell to their preferred customer before you if you came first. And this is where the SEC's purview is making um, a, a rational, free-flowing marketplace. That's, that's what they've been... Because if you get an uh, unfair marketplace... You can't do capitalism properly. So the SEC's job is to say, all right, we got to make sure that we have a fair marketplace so that capitalism works, which means you have to regulate capitalism. I know it's weird. It's like... But we do. 
but you do. You, I mean, you have to regulate murder. You, you can't let people just go around killing each other. There's some degree of regulation that's necessary in a society. Like in Texas, we have the, we have the, what's it called? The, there's basically a false advertising act that enables you to recover, and it's in civil court able to recover triple damages plus attorney's fees. The lemon laws, yeah. Uh, and well, the, not the lemon laws. Texas um, Deceptive Trade Practices, trade practices Act. Yeah, Texas yeah. Dece- Deceptive Trade Practices Act. So we're regulating capitalism. And you're saying if you make an outrageous claim in your advertisements. If you're lying to me when you sell it, it's supposed to be buyer be well, but beware. But if you just change the odometer, that's not okay. So it's only got 12 miles on it. What did it have 10 minutes ago? Oh, 340,000. You can just change these numbers and then you get a better price. So that's what we do, right? Well, no, there's a law against that in Texas. Well, that's that's regulating capitalism, which is reasonable. There, There's a balance between regulation and free market ability to move around. And what we call fraud, fraudulent activities need to be codified so that everybody doesn't sue everybody every time they lose money on a deal. Right. And we need to have those laws in place. Unfortunately... The laws covering cryptocurrencies are very, very, very well. There really aren't any laws covering cryptocurrencies, yeah. and they're a different. They're a different asset class. They're a different character. They're different from anything we've ever seen before. And as a result, the existing laws don't apply to them very well. And if you think back to like when the music industry was getting all in a tizzy over the transfer from um, album uh, sales going from vinyl to CD. And there were all of these intellectual property concerns about the CD being different from the vinyl. And if you owned vinyl, did you have to buy it and see, well, it's a better quality, so you should buy it in vinyl. And then it went on to MP3. All Every time we have new technology, we have to figure out a new way of dealing with it. And we do it. We tend to have a big lag behind when it's introduced and when we actually start doing it. This is why Napster was around for a while basically making a profit by giving away other people's property. Um, as much as I liked owning Napster and being able to listen to all the music that I wanted, none of the artists were being compensated. And guess what? I can still do that today with them being compensated through any of the streaming services that are available, Spotify or uh, Apple Music, or you just go down the list. So regulating properly is necessary Overregulating messes up capitalism just as badly as underregulating, and that's what the big debate is about and this is the thing that why you don't hear us getting deeply philosophical on a republican standpoint or on a democrat standpoint is that we believe that both sides are necessary republicans saying get rid of all regulations and democrats saying regulate everything you get kind of a balance in the middle. It'd be really nice if we could all just be in the middle and be like, just regulate what's necessary, but we're humans and we don't work that way. We need to have like constant argument to come up with a decent solution. Well, the Republicans don't actually say, let's get rid of all regulation. They say, let's get rid of all regulation except for that that damages the people who we think are important. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, when you when you get regulations that protect the people they think are important, and that's both sides have the same attitude. They have a constituency. Whenever regulation is irritating to their constituency, they're against it. Whenever it is supportive of their constituency, they're for it. Yes, that's absolutely the case. Thank you very much for listening. If you have, if you haven't, then no thanks to you. Um, yeah. If you'd like to talk to us off the air, we have voicemail waiting waiting locally during the week at. 
254-947-1111. Uh, real live people during the week, voicemail during the weekend, and that is also 1-800-914-7526. That's 800-914-PLAN. You can go to the webpage, thepersonalwealthcoach.com or tpwc.com. You can email us through there, contact us through there, podcasts, newsletters, all that good stuff. Until next week, this has been The Personal Wealth Coach.